This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You made it. Here. Finally. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of that place you've always wanted to go. You know the one. It's nice. Even the kids like it. This place is so cool. And they never like it. Mom, can we go to the pool? Look at that. Not even asking for the Wi-Fi. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. You're listening to the West AMY podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Hamway podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. A shambolic first half gave us a mountain to climb at St James's Park and after climbing it with just 10 men, another poor piece of defending ultimately saw us leave Newcastle empty-handed. Was it an opportunity missed? Are there any positives to take from the game? We've conceded 10 goals in 4 games. Why? And what can we expect from Chelsea on Saturday? X will give his weekly news roundup before ending the show with questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. X, at this stage of the season, every game is a big game, every game is an opportunity. But unfortunately for us, it was an opportunity missed yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on why we lost. But firstly, I want your opinion on the way we set up because Moyes' selection and formation got a bit of stick after the game. Is that justified? Uh, I would have gone with the same, I think, if I'm honest with you, because it was the the, uh, same formation that worked with um, Leicester beforehand. You know, so I think I would have gone with the same. Uh, I can't really criticise the team selection given that you know, Masuaku was injured and Declan's injured and Antonio's injured. You know, it kind of forced his hand, really. There wasn't any players on the bench. And Cresswell was out, obviously, as well. Players on the bench that I would have said, oh, he should have played him, he should have played him. I, I don't think you can fault the setup or the selection. It was individual errors that you can fault rather than that, I would say. Yeah, I don't think there's much more he could have done, is there? No. I mean, you, you could potentially argue that, after what 
St. Maxim done to us at London Stadium, you could potentially argue that maybe Diop could have been dropped for Shufal acting as centre-half and then put Fredericks on the right to deal with that. Maybe. I'm just playing devil's advocate, but I don't know. To be honest, it's... Uh, I looked at it and like you said, even when you look at the bench, there's nothing inspiring on there, is there? I mean, again, we had two keepers on there and you looked at all the other options to even change the game. It was minimal. So to to try and do something different from the start, I, I don't really know where we would start. No, I don't think so, mate. And at the end of the day, look at look at the goals that we've conceded. Whatever formation, whatever player you pick, that's not going to stop those goals going in. You know, that was individual errors that were just not not acceptable at Premier League level. I mean, obviously, people, you, they make you make them and you move on from it. But the bottom line is two of the three, arguably three of the three goals should have been prevented. So you can't, whatever formation or setup you put out, that's not going to change that, is it? No. So talk to me about the performance then and why we left St. James's with nothing. Because we made those mistakes. I mean, the, the bottom line is Dawson got booked uh, for the foul originally, which he shouldn't have lunged for. Um, and he got a booking and then he goes in and he makes that challenge um, and gets himself sent off when basically I would rather have taken um, Dawson, letting that guy through and scoring, which he did anyway, and not getting sent off than trying to bring him down and getting sent off. And so, do you see what I mean? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do, yeah. I okay. do. It, 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 it was a stupid tackle. Yeah. It was a stupid tackle because he must have known what the consequences were going to be in that split second when he did what he did was just fucking ridiculous. And he was never going to get it. And that's the thing. Like, he didn't have a chance of getting the ball. When you're, when the guy's going to nick there, you can see he was going to nick there in front of him and, and he lunged because it was him, his terrible touch that brought the brought the situation anyway. So yeah. he was completely at fault and he tried to redeem it by lunging and trying to make a sort of world-class tackle, but he was never going to make it. So it was completely his fault that they got that, that he ran through. And then, you know, the, then obviously... T- uh, Diop and um, Fabianski. I mean, basically, they're both at fault, really. It's hard to say who's more at fault, but I would have liked the keeper to have just taken out Diop to get the ball. He kind of, like, kept his hand in to, to almost, like, I don't know, just let Diop deal with it. And Diop's obviously been distracted by it. It was just an absolute calamity. I mean, that first goal just couldn't have been any worse but by so many different reasons. And then, obviously, the second goal is just purely Fabianski's fault. He's just completely fumbled across, completely under pressure, uh, completely not under pressure, sorry, and um, giving away a second goal. And, you know, the third goal is probably a bit harsh to blame, but... I think the guy shouldn't have been able to get such a clear header on it. Yes, Ogbonna was possibly pushed, but it's got to be a bit stronger there. And, you know, it was straight at Fabianski. Yes, it was a bullet header from like a few yards out. So probably a bit harsh to blame him for it. But I think possibly Fabianski of old would have pushed that onto the bar, pushed it over. Um, and I just think like all three goals were individual errors. Um, all, all three goals could have been prevented. And yet again, West Ham have given the opposition three goals and had to try and win the game and ultimately with 10 men you know even though we managed to get it back to two all it's very very hard to then go on and win the game with 10 men away from home and uh and that was the case really and that's why we lost the game yeah well the first half was shambolic in general though X, wasn't it i mean what really annoyed me was that they looked complacent 
That's what really annoyed me. We were lacking that intensity that we've come to love watching as fans. They were misplacing five-yard passes. They wasn't creating anything going forward. I mean, defensively, fuck me. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. And I don't want to steam into Craig Dawson too much because, generally speaking, he's had a really good season. But he hasn't been great over the last few games, to be honest. And yesterday was just laughable. Like we said, the first tackle was reckless, but it happens. His first touch, which led to that second booking, was ridiculous. And the tackle itself was a joke. I don't know what happened to him yesterday. It was a really bad day for him. Then Diop was at sixes at sevens for their first goal. I don't understand what he was trying to do. I know what you're saying. You know, with Fabianski, I think Fab's got to go for that because it's a shot of goal. And whether that's completely thrown this or off and face fucking looked like he was doing a funky chicken at one point. Just couldn't get his legs fucking salty, could he? Yeah, was, no. You just, you just thought, just do anything. Just... Just fall over and stop the ball with your foot. The, the fucking hell, he could have done three or four different things, but he just got himself in a complete tangle and it was just embarrassing at that point. Just clear the fucking ball, you know? And then, of course, Fabianski on his second goal. I couldn't believe what I'd seen. But interestingly, based on last week's discussion, I'm guessing you could believe it. Mate, I, look, I, again, I took so much abuse for this because I, I just have to accept I'm not really allowed an opinion on Twitter, to be fair, because it just encourages everyone to just go for me. But as, as I've and it's not reactionary because, as you can vouch, I said it before that game, I've said it for the last month to two months. I'm not saying he's a bad goalkeeper. I'm not saying that he's shit and he needs to be sold. I just don't think he's the same as he was when he won Hammer of the Year. I, I feel like... Yes, he's still a, a decent keeper, but I don't ever come out of games thinking, you know, Fabianski's done well there, he's kept us in it. I mean, people are, are going back to the Leicester game and saying, yeah, he made a save there. He did. He made one good save towards uh, where the guy was clean through. But, but ultimately... We've shipped in 12 goals in four games now. Like Now, yes, it's probably just as much a defence's mistake as it is anyone else's, but 12 goals in four games is a, is a huge amount. You've got to start questioning it. And what I would say is, you know, people are saying he's had a great season. Has he? Has he really? Has he made loads and loads of saves to keep us in games? Look how many goals we've conceded throughout this season. And also... We're an attacking team, you know. We're in the top four. So, it had we had he had more shots to save, how many how many goals would he have let in? If if that was the case, if he was in the struggling side, you know. Now, I don't want to dig him out. I don't want to say shit. I don't want to say he should be sold. But I, gen I genuinely think in the summer we need to buy a keeper that's going to challenge for a first-team spot. And I'm not even saying that's going to be first-team, but he's going to challenge Fabianski for a first-team spot. And then you can let them fight it out to be number one. But at the moment, you know, Randolph's too injury-prone. I don't think he's a steady, regular Premier League keeper. Martin's not a Premier League consistent keeper. You've got young goalkeepers like Trot and Nang and the Hungarian fella, but are they ready to be Premier League keepers? I'm not sure. So I think you need to bring someone in and say to Fabianski, look, you are our number one, but you've got to prove to us why you're number one because, you know, I just don't, I'm not convinced he's the same keeper he was. Uh, yeah, I think we do slightly differ on that because... Oh, we do, most of the West Ham yeah. fans. Mate, you know, Twitter poll out there, I'd tell you, I'd look at the reaction to his apologetic tweet, but I'm not surprised after what I said that that happened. You know, I, I told, I said on the podcast last week, these, I think he's got these performances in him and it happened straight away. 
Yeah, but and do you know, mate, that's your opinion. You're entitled to your opinion. Like everyone listening to this show is entitled to an opinion. And, um, you know, there's certain things that you say uh, in relation to Fab that I agree with, some that I, I don't. I mean, funnily enough, I was going to ask you as to whether you thought that he could have done better on their third goal yesterday, mm. because I, I've asked myself the question, and I, I'm not sure I know the answer. I'm probably leaning more towards I don't think he could have done more. Yeah, it's probably harsh. It's probably harsh. I'm not going to dispute that, because it's a bullet header from, like, two yards in front of you, so your reactions have got to be on point. But the way West Ham fans, or some West Ham fans, describe him, he's the best keeper we've ever had. According to some, I don't agree with that. I think he's a good keeper, and when he was a voted Hammer of the Year, I voted for him, and I think he's a decent keeper. That's been a good signing that I like, and I would still keep for next season. But I think a top, 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 top keeper saves that. And I, maybe it's harsh on Fab, but I still think a top keeper saves that. Tips I, actually, the I actually put more thought at um, Johnson's feet with that, actually. Oh, I yeah, think, yeah. He's done much better. Fab shouldn't have been in that position, to be honest. Well, yeah, he's... Fab should have been in position for any, well, maybe the second one, but the first and the third one, he shouldn't have been, because it should have never got to the point of mm. where he had to save the first or third one. But the bottom line is that a shot on target is his job to save. That like wherever it, how it gets there, you know, is is the other people's fault. But his job is to do that, and um, I I don't know. I just think let's see how he goes for the next few games, the remainder of the season. Um, and I'll and I'll, as I as I said with Alaire, I'm happy to put my hands up when he plays well. If he has a great game, makes lots of saves, I will say it. I'll get loads of people say, ah, prove you wrong, X. What do you know, you idiot? On one performance, the other way, because that's what happened with Alaire. If Alaire scored a goal, I was automatically told I was wrong. But let's see what happens the next six games or whatever it is now. And if he performs, I'll say it, and I want him to perform. There's no reason. For me to not want him to perform, so let's hope he does. And I, and you know, and I'll I'll say he's performed well, but I still believe even if he performs well for the six games, we need someone to come in and challenge him for that number one spot. Yeah, and I've said it myself. I, I think we should because of his age more than anything else. Well, yeah, and, yeah, that. I think it's his birthday today, isn't it? I saw. So that so yes. that makes so that makes him what thirty six now? Does it? Yeah, Let's have a look. I think so. Thirty. Uh, yeah, uh, was this 35 in 1985? No, he'd be making 36 if he's born in 1985. So, yeah, he's 36 today. Yeah, and so for that reason alone, we've got to start looking at other options. And I yeah. think, realistically, you know, we could get ourselves a, a, a decent caper if you look at the likes of Johnson from West Brom or Pope from Burnley. I mean, Henderson looks like he's actually slowly cementing himself number one spot at Man United. So yeah. I'm not sure A, he'd want to come and B, if we could afford him if, if, if they was to prepare to let him go. But there's definitely alternatives we can look at in the summer. I think with Fab, to answer your question, as he had a great season, I, I wouldn't put it as a great season. I do think he's had a good season. And one thing I'd be interested to look at with Fab is his stats, because as fans, I think we're very quick to say, OK, we've conceded 10 goals in four games. But he got relegated with Swansea, yet made more saves than any other goalkeeper in that season. Because, yeah. you know, obviously when you're so exposed as a keeper, as he has been with Swansea and as he has been with West Ham recently, I don't know. It, it, it's I think it's... I, you make some good points on him, X, don't get me wrong, but I think it's sometimes quite easy to, to jump to the goalkeeper. For the second goal, mate, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I don't know how he's made that mistake because he was under no pressure whatsoever. And I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I would have caught that. I yeah, would have. I, I, I think most people would have. I don't know how he's made that mistake. But, 
Yeah, look, look, I, I mean, I'm, I suppose what I'm saying is I'm, I'm generally comfortable with Fab, to be honest with you. I don't think... Um, I don't, I'm not as concerned with him as possibly you are. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the league now, yeah. I've just had a quick look. I've loaded it up from a rough, literally a rough account there. We've let 42 goals in this season, yeah. So mm-hmm. Leeds, Crystal Palace, Southampton, Newcastle, Burnley, Fulham, West Bromwich, Sheffield United. There's that many. There's only that many teams that have let in more. Yeah, and he's playing for a team that are a point away from. Well, um, is it a point now? Is it yeah, a point away from third place? So really, it's not like he's playing in a crap team that's having to like you know have like like he was for Swansea. Like I said, I think he was a good keeper, brilliant keeper, brilliant keeper for us. You know that season he got hammer of the year. He was sensational. But you think. Like, like you said, I'd like to see the stats. I'd like to see how many percentage saves he's actually actually made. Um, mm. But like I said, I don't want to get a load of abuse for this because I'm not saying he's shit. I just think we need we need competition for him. Yeah, of course. No, I understand. I understand that because the trouble is it's topical, isn't it? And especially after the mistake that he made, we, we have to talk about it. And I suppose the question is without wanting to kind of put you in an awkward position because I know you, you're not overly comfortable talking about it these goals conceded, is that purely on him? And uh, you, your instant reaction no. might be, no, it's the defence as well. But when you talk about the defence, you're talking about Shufal, Dawson, and Bonner and Creswell. All of them have been mentioned in discussions for Hammer of the Year. So why mm. do we suddenly seem to be weak at the back then? If, if we're talking about them in discussions for potentially winning a, a, an award for being the best player at West Ham, and they're all defenders... Does that not point towards possibly Fab taking the blame for these goals conceded? Yeah, I mean, that's why last week I said to you, list your hammer of the years and where does Fabianski come in at? No, I didn't yeah. say that to you in, our, yeah. in, in you know, mine. If you're thinking of that first 11, when all's fit, who who's had a, a lesser season than him, I would argue. You know, like if you used to rank the, uh, the 11 highest amount of appearances this season, mm. where does mm. Fabianski come in that 11? I would argue, 11th. Um, mm. So, yes, in that respect, it does. But I think the problem is is that where these players have got man of the match or whatever, they've played well, but maybe the other one hasn't, if that makes sense. Like, Shafal played well at the weekend, mm. but then Dawson didn't. And then there's been games where, you know, you could say, oh, Bonner's played brilliant, but Duop hasn't or whatever. It's, you know, it's been a long time since we had a, a very solid defensive performance. Um, and mm. so I think I would have dropped Dawson for this week. Going If Cresswell's fit, I would have gone um, Diop, Ogbonna and Cresswell for the Chelsea game. Um, if that was, if, if Dawson wasn't already suspended, um, because I think, like you said, uh, we've been a bit um, off form recently defensively. I mean, he's been at fault for a number of goals now. Um, so I think I would have dropped him. I mean, I'm looking through this, like our, our most recent results, yeah? Let three against Newcastle, th- uh, two against Leicester, two against Wolves, three against Arsenal, one against Man United. And the last clean sheet was when we beat Leeds 2-0. Um, and so in that in that starting lineup was Dawson, Diop, Cresswell, Shafau and Fabianski. But since, since that, that game, or maybe the Man United one, there's just the last few games have been really dodgy, in my opinion. And I think maybe, yeah, I would, I would just replace Dawson with Cresswell. 
I mean, do you think we're, we're past the honeymoon period with Dawson then? Do you think it was... Uh, no, no. So, uh, so you, 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 you do think he's, he's going to find his consistency again and be a big player for West Ham? I think he's a decent player. Yeah, definitely. I think he's a good player. I wanted us to side him. I, like, I think there was always going to be this period where he would go off form because at the end of the day, his whole career, yes, he's had a decent career, but he's played for Watford, West Brom... You know, like it's not like he's played at the top level for every single club he's ever played for. So the fact that he's played for Watford and West Brom and, and us, I guess, means that there's always he's not a he's not a top 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 centre back. Otherwise, he would have played for a top top team. Mm. But I think he's a, a good a good signing for us, and I wanted us to sign him, and I'm pleased he's in our squad for next year. And I think we can we can rely on him to play a good amount of games. But there's always going to be blips because like I said his previous career we only bought him for three million you know you're kind of almost getting what what you paid for really mm. I think there are other factors as well to the goals conceded I mean obviously we've missed Agbonna when we haven't had him I think we miss Cress now yeah um like we've said Dawson and Diop have dropped in form in my opinion and Declan. I don't think well this is this is what I was going to say I don't think our defence gets the cover it usually does when Declan's yeah. there exactly. I, think, I think we're vulnerable defensively without him and maybe maybe nerves are creeping in a bit causing yeah. silly mistakes yeah could be because there's the every game now has got such high pressure on it because we're going for a Champions League mm. so yeah maybe I mean it's, it's hard to know exactly what the answer is but uh, I just think like I said you never change a winning team but you change a team that's shipping goals as much as it is 12 goals in four games it's just not not acceptable whatever whatever league you're in so you have to do something to change it Mm. Well, the second half was a big improvement when we actually decided to fucking bother, which in some respects was even more frustrating because it shouldn't have taken being 2-0 down to trigger our desire to win. And let's have it right, X, Newcastle ain't a great side. I mean, we, we were starting to dominate them with 10 men when we put the effort in. And I think a lot of other sides would have gone there yesterday and won. And yeah. that's why it's an opportunity missed because sometimes, mate, we just lose to the better side. That's football. It happens. But yesterday, Newcastle didn't win, in my opinion. We lost. And that's oh, yeah. what that's what angers me. Did you take any positives from the game? Um, positives, I guess that you know what. Despite being um, two 0 down, we got it back to two all. So we showed good resilience in the second half with ten men to come back and fight, uh, get ourselves in, into it. Yeah. Uh, I thought uh, that was good. I thought some of the attacking play was decent at times. I thought Shafal played well. Um, you know, so there was there was some positives. The fact that, like like you said, we can play badly and get it back to two all, and I actually thought we were going to go on and win it at that point. Um, so mm. the fact we could get ourselves back into that position shows we've got character. And you, you have to remember as well that we had Cresswell out, we had Rice out, we had um, Antonio out. Uh, was there anyone else? Mazuaku out. That's four that are, mm. off the top of my head. Um, the the key players for us mm. certainly the first three anyway. Um, so you know it's it's um that that in itself gives you some like defence and all teams have a bad day. You know they it happens. Mm. So what we just have to do is forget that. Just like literally say, well, that's happened. Individual mistakes cost us. We've got to go into the Chelsea game, which is absolutely huge now um, for our quest, and just take it for for like the be the form team that we were prior to the Newcastle game, and just go with that attitude. 
oh, we have to. We've got no choice. We've no. come this far. Do you know what I mean? And um, the one thing that slightly worries me at the moment, and I'm not too sure if I've got an answer for this, but the question I was going to ask you is, do you think without these big players, we're starting to lose a little bit of confidence? Because obviously we beat Leicester without Declan Rice and without Antonio. But then we've gone and lost to Newcastle. Um, do, do you think there's a risk of, of a lack of confidence creeping in without these players? Uh, I mean, there's always that chance. I mean, you know, Declan's so, so important to West Ham, um, not just in terms of his ability, but his character, his leadership. And that's that's why, as I've said before, he's hammer of the year for me, because, you know, you're taking all that out of it. It's not just his ability as a player, it's everything else. I don't think Suchek's performed as well. I, since I don't, Declan. actually. Yeah, I, so- I'm, not, I'm not saying it's anything to do with this. I'm, it's, no. it, it's obviously purely coincidental. But funnily enough, he doesn't really seem to have been the same player since he took that bang on the head, you know. And I'm not yeah. saying that that's the reason he hasn't been the same player. You could say that about quite a few of them over the last couple of games or a few games. Um but yeah, I, I make you right. I, I'm expecting a little bit more from Suchek because we know what he's capable of. And he has been one of those players that hasn't quite been himself over the last four or five games. Well, so you could argue, and I say, I'm not saying this is the reason, but you could argue because it's not because he's not got Declan alongside him. Was, possibly, De- was yeah. Declan making him look better? You Maybe. know, that's, there's that there's that to debate. I mean, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just throwing it out there as a as a discussion point. Um, because I think Declan does that to everyone else. I think Declan makes everyone else play better. And mm. as I keep saying, I mean, his performances are underestimated because he's so consistent. So we've definitely, definitely missed him. I mean, it's no coincidence since he's been out the side. We've been shipping goals. It's just like you mm. know, it's 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 tied in. I think. Um, and the other option we have, uh, the other problem we have sorry is like there's nothing to bring on from the bench to change a game you know you you're looking when you're trying to go for a win or try and get back into the game whatever you're bringing on Lanzini who has had minimal impact for years now you're bringing on Ben Rama who in my opinion hasn't had a fair crack of the whip yet but still doesn't influence games that much and Yarmolenko who has influenced the odd game here and there but coming back from another serious injury and coming to the latter part of his career there's there's no one on the bench that you think yeah bring that guy on that guy will that guy will mix it up for us you know and that and that's the problem with as we said from day dot of having one striker you know mm. you haven't got mm. those players to bring on to influence the game mm. Yeah, true. And again, you know, I don't know if there's any other club in the Premier League that has two goalkeepers on the bench. Um, I'm guessing they probably don't. So, yeah, it does highlight that. It's so pointless, mate. It's so pointless. I don't get it, X. I don't understand it. I mean, I know what you're saying before about, you know, some of the youth boys are in a different bubble, etc., etc. But I'm sure there's got to be a way around that just to get one of the kids on the bench rather than two keepers. Definitely. Madness. Exactly. I mean, if there's a youngster out there that's not even particularly, I don't know, like playing that much even for the academy sides you know like just getting there for some experience even like a 16 year old you know a 16 year old that you you quite highly rate you know I remember when Izzy Arek pin you know do you remember him he was on the bench yeah. he was going to be our youngest ever player at 16 you know Joe Cole was starting to get involved in those days Jermaine Defoe got involved Noble was involved at a young age get them involved you know what what benefit is it of having Trot and they, um, uh, Martin on the bench you know, what what is yeah. when's it ever when's when do you ever apart from ironically when we played Newcastle that time um, but when do you ever have three keepers that you need to play? Mm, it's madness, and the thing is, X, you know, you especially know a lot about the academy, 
and some of the boys that we've got to be excited about. And one of the names that was a constant, really, in a run-up to this season as one to watch was Odebeko. Yeah. Now, I don't understand how he isn't involved over David Martin or Nathan Trott. I mean, are we saying then that after putting the kid on against Man United away and whipping him back off again, that's it then. We're going to fuck him off, are we? we we've, we've decided that he's not even worth having on the bench. We're going to have two fucking keepers instead of having him. Well, it's because he played for the under-18s the day before. That's that's why? kind of why. Yeah, why? But then, yeah why, why bother? I mean, I guess... <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, maybe they made the decision, is he going to play for the first 11? Uh, probably not. So this is the youth FA Cup. Let's, but that's more important, maybe. But yeah, it's stupid. It's stupid because who really cares whether we win the youth cup or not? It's all about it's all about getting academy players ready for the first team. You know, I, I wouldn't give a shit if we finished bottom every year, but if the academy was producing, you know, two, three players every season that were challenging for the first eleven, that's what you want from your academy. Yeah, and um, this is the thing, X, you know, it's not just about experience on the pitch which is valuable to academy players of course it is but it's about you know experiencing being part of a squad going to away games rooming with a senior player eating your breakfast with the boys it's about bedding you into a solid unit because at the moment he plays for a different team I don't know how much he trains with the first team I, I don't know but judging by what you're saying about bubbles probably not a lot well no, I think he trains a bit I mean I can say it now because it was a long time ago but you know when um, Fabianski injured his thumb against Man City was it his thumb or his elbow whatever it was do you remember it was an attacking player that did it Yes, yeah. and he missed out on that game. I'm pretty sure it was Man City. That was Odin Becker that injured him. I never said it at the time because I didn't want to put that story out about a, about a young player and stuff. But and I'd I would urge um, all these people that quote my comments not to put it as a new story. I don't know if you saw this week, mate. It's slightly diverse, but some of my opinions that you, you know, you asked me, do you think he will sell Ben Rama? Do you remember in yeah. the summer you asked me that, and I said something along the lines of, I don't think he particularly rates him, but I think he'll give him another season I reckon they'll go first with Yarmolenko Lanzini and Anderson right that got turned into a new story it was in new, it was in websites it was on um, Twitter it was all over the place and I got so so much abuse for that because they were like why is X putting that out about Ben Rama and these players oh how is it going to make them feel why is he leaked this stuff and I I stated when I'm talking it was an opinion and I think yeah. I think I'm just going to have to every, every couple of things I say mate just say it's an opinion it's an opinion it's an opinion it's an opinion I, but the Onubeku thing there is is truth but I don't think it's worth making an article out of it because it's something that happened weeks ago but yeah he was he was training with the first team and it was him that did it so he does train with the first team definitely um, and, I, and like you know in that picture of, you see um, Jesse Lingard we did the Michael Jackson moves yeah, mm, yeah, that that's Odubeku in the distance that you can see watching. Oh, it. is it? Yeah, so so he does trade with the first. Yeah, then, so, but, so, um, he, so he could have been picked then, couldn't he? X? He could have been part well, of. Well, he could have. Yeah, if, oh, they well, if they didn't use him for yeah, the. Yeah, Cup. yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm missing a trick. Maybe Odubeku is completely and utterly happy and content, concentrating on. Um, the youth side of things, the FA Cup, etc. But I just think if I'm Odebeku, and I know I'm I'm being ignorant because I'm I'm not him and I don't know the ins and outs of how he feels and how Moyes has treated him, etc. But my experience so far is getting one chance at Old Trafford coming on and then embarrassingly being taken back off 
and then watching the first team field two goalkeepers rather than put me in there. Yeah, I see. The thing is, I'm not like, you know, he's obviously very, very good at academy level. He scored lots of goals. He's obviously a talent. I think he will have a future in the game. I've heard he's a good player that they rate, but I've also heard that he's not quite ready yet, that he's not the finished product and had West Ham got other strikers. It wouldn't even be a question as whether he should be around the first team yet. So I think our situation kind of forces him to be more needed than perhaps his ability is at that point if that's if that's if I can say that but yeah ultimately you're right it's still going to be better than having a keeper on the subs bench isn't it it's got to be it's got to be yeah 100% Mm. because you know you're not going to use both keepers no it would take a freak incident for you to need both keepers um so yeah crazy for me but um I don't know The, the the everyone at the club knows more than I do but I just struggle with that one a little bit. Yeah. Um, but listen, as we record this podcast, we're still fourth, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah. But that defeat has put us under pressure for when Chelsea come to us next week. Yeah. How do you think we'll get on against them? Um, I think it's a tough game. The only thing I would say that's in our advantage is that they've got uh, a European fixture. They've played the FA Cup semi-final, which they won um, against Man City, which obviously a good morale boost. And then they've got Champions League game on Wednesday, I think, then they play us, and they've got Champions League after that. So they could rotate their squad. And if they do that, that could play to our hands. I think we're not expected to get anything from Chelsea away, which also helps us. Um, and we've got decent results against Chelsea recently. So I'd like to think we could get a draw out of that game. Yeah, would you take a draw? I would, because... Not only is it a point, but it stops them gaining two on us. So, so yes, I would. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Actually, I, I think that's a really tough game, X. I do. Yeah. I, I do think they're finding their feet under Tuchel, and um, you know, he's got players playing that weren't playing for Lampard, and I think they, I think they're going to finish quite strong. I mean, obviously, they've had a great result today, getting to the cup final. Now they're in Europe, and um, with the old bump in the road, i.e., West Brom, but. That's a that's a tough game, mate. That that's a game where you need your big best players, and yeah, we're uh, I don't think we're going to have them, are we? Which is um, which is going to be tough. Yeah, I'll really save it to my section, but yeah, yeah we're no, that's not, fine. Not going to have everyone. I and mean, while I remember, mate, can I just do a, a little shout out to someone? Um, because I meant to do it last week and I forgot. Um, so shout out to Gary Singh. He he managed. Um, uh, he won a competition once upon a time to manage a Dagenham and Redbridge um, friendly 11 against a uh, West Ham 11 back in the day. Um, but he's done a lot of work and uh, he works with hotels or something. And uh, so we'll give a shout out to the Holiday um, Holiday Inn Express in Harlow, where he's done quite a lot of work for. And um, yeah, and just uh, give that. It's apparently a nice place to stay. In fact, I say apparently I have actually stayed in it myself. And uh, yeah, it's a decent hotel. Well, look, should we see where we are in the Premier League predictions competition? No, let's not bother. Do you, do you so. not want to? Because I, I, no. I, I'm fucking damned if I do and damned if I don't, because yeah. I didn't last week. And, yeah. and do, you know, do you know what's funny, right? Yeah, but why didn't you? Let's no, be honest. But, but this is the thing, right? This is what's funny. Genuinely, um, I, 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 just, I just didn't do it. I, I, I don't think I knew that you'd beaten me. Because the thing is, mate, that when I look at these predictions, I always look at the overall total difference. Because right. I, I know in my mind I can afford to lose a couple of weeks without taking the piss. But yeah. I didn't. And I didn't talk about it, which makes it look like I didn't talk about <laughs> it because I lost for the week. Which is yeah. where me and you had that bit of banter on Twitter. Yeah. So, I mean, actually, this week, we're as it stands, I know there's some more games to come, but we're actually 
uh, dead heat on 37 yeah, points I each saw so that. this week. Pointless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a waste. I can't afford to have weeks like this. Um, but do you know what? I'm not going to uh, harbour on how we're doing because we obviously we do it every week. Uh, to cut to chase, I'm 42nd. I've dropped a little bit, actually, but I'm on 3,017 points. X is 110th on 2,666 2, points. Um, but in terms of the top, and it's about time we've done a bit of an update on this, yeah. the long-term leader at Tony Close has slipped to second after being overtaken by Jay Saywood-Jones. Listen to this, X, leaving just 20 points between them. Jeez, that's close. Um, That's not one game. Games. Oh, mate, it's one result. Yeah, it's one yeah, result. One result, yeah. One result. Um, it's actually one incorrect result, because if you were to predict a 3-0 win and it actually is 2-0, you'd probably get 24 points for that. Yeah. So you can actually be wrong and, and prog leap the other person. Yeah, so yeah. It, is, it is fucking, it's a fag paper in it between them two at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, and then you've got uh, Lamb Jones in third, Jerry Harring 10 is in fourth, and Tom Davis 29 is in fifth. So good luck, lads. It's getting exciting. Uh, not just in the Premier League, but in this competition as well. Right, let's see what X has to say this week. X, the man in the know, you in bombs on rain or snow. His opinion is in demand. There ain't another anti-play that I can stand. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast, Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise and behind the scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. Custom Inc. is an awesome way to recognize employees, thank customers, and outfit your teams with their favorite products and brands customized with your logo. CustomInc.com lets you make your mark on water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and a ton more. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Oh yeah, and everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at CustomInc.com. Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet, episode to watch, or meme to share. The world may not want you to sleep, but we do. Only the sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help you find the right bed at the right price. Unjunk your sleep, in-store or online at mattressfirm.com today. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.